Welcome to It's a Sign, a podcast created to explore the unseen world of magic, symbols, spirit and emotion. Listen as we navigate the path to a deeper understanding of the inner worlds, how this can greatly inspire our everyday life and what tools we can use to help us along the way. Our intention with this podcast is to be the sign you needed to begin your own exploration within, to heal, inner stand and reveal the magic that surrounds you. Please take from this episode what resonates with your heart. I'm Helki and I'm here with Trey. Let's begin. Hey everyone and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to this episode and this is a long-awaited episode. Something that Helki and I have been kind of wanting to cover for a while and that is Astral projection, OBs. Yes, the out-of-body experience or astral projection. And uh, so, Helki, what do you think about like astral projection or OBEs? Like, what's your kind of understanding around them? Um, like that it's when the soul, the ethereal, um. Like the soul body or mm. essence, maybe more spirit side of yourself leaves your physical body, and then you're able to move and travel like at the speed of thought and experience things. But it's like I always get confused with the lucid dream thing and like how really those are different um Mm. because it just feels so real like from the experiences i think i've had that are out of body experiences um or whether they're lucid dreams or obes or astral projection i'm not sure i think it's spontaneous astral projection Mm. but yeah it feels so real it's like insane Um, but it's like basically yeah, like, it. you're not in your physical body, but it feels as real as if you are. Yeah. So, Helki has had a couple astral projection experiences, from what I've heard from her, um, that were spontaneous. Whereas, for me, I never had... I mean, I ended up having spontaneous experiences, but I only started having astral projection experiences because I wanted to pursue astral projection like I had heard about it in the very early stages of me kind of getting into spirituality and it was like the cool thing that got me into spirituality because for me I was like oh that sounds so awesome yeah of course yeah and so lucid dreaming and astral projection was really my gateway into things and it was like it wasn't until I met like this um tai chi guy where he taught me like actually you should be you should try and practice some grounding meditation some things like you know to steady your mind where you actually go and talk with a teacher but before I was just learning astral projection and lucid dreaming all on YouTube yeah and um so there's like so I think the astral projection and OBE experience like most people it's said that most people in their lifetime will experience at least one um that being said it's quite a rare phenomenon where um 
in a certain studies and statistics, they say at least only 5% of the population has reported ever having one of them. Um, but I think a lot more, I think there's a lot more people out there who have, and some people who don't know what it is, um, or don't want to talk about it, you know? Yeah. Um, so an OBE out of body experience is when a part of yourself, an essence, a sliver of an aspect of your consciousness is separated from your physical body. And this can happen in a number of ways. So you can have a spontaneous out of body experience where maybe you've just gone to lie down and then all of a sudden you see that you know you're floating in some other dimension or you're floating above your body or you're being pulled out of your body by some force or something and or like for, like does it have to be that you're sort of you see yourself come out of the body because when in my spontaneous um, astral projections it's like suddenly bam I'm somewhere else yeah so that and can happen too and it's so real um, and like one thing that felt really different from a dream was like, you know, when you're dreaming, you're just, it's like this life, you know, you're just looking through your eyes. But when I like woke up in those astral projections, um, I had the vision through my eyes, but I also was, I had such a strong awareness that I was also watching myself from about a meter up and back to the right side of me yeah and on both occasions that it happened I had that perspective and I could see myself like from that higher perspective which was that's what felt so different yeah and that's actually at the same time it felt so real yeah it's quite a common it's actually that's quite a common experience with an astral projection is to have to have this dual perspective of yourself. Mm. Um, and I've, when I've astral projected havoc, it is like that you, you're somehow seeing and it, through a first person yeah. point of view. And at the same time, you have a third person perspective of yourself. Yeah. It's quite a trippy experience where, and then at some level, you also know that your body is somewhere else. You know, you're kind of, you're in this strange limbo of consciousness. And um, so, yeah, that's what makes me believe that it was a uh, astral pr- spontaneous astral projection yeah, because for because I, even though I wasn't thinking, like, where's my body? Because I was, it was so sudden. It was more like, wow, I'm here. I've got this weird, like, view of things, this double vision. And I'm also aware, like, I'm not supposed to be here. Like I wasn't here yeah. <laughs> and now I'm here and yeah. it's so freaking real. It's like, yeah, yeah. It can really throw you, um, you know, because it's both of minor experiences I had, like one was scary. One wasn't necessarily scary, but what became scary was like, wow, I'm somewhere. I don't know why I'm here and I'm doing things like I was like, I'm meant to be here. Yeah. Um, and it weren't until suddenly I weren't on my own anymore that I got really... Because I was just sort of like living it, going with it. And then it was when I was confronted with another person that um, 
I was like, whoa, and it shocked me back to my body. Yeah. Yeah, and the the boundaries between um, dreaming and the astral projection experience um, can be a fine line, and we'll go into that in a little more detail later. Um, But I just wanted to talk about the kind of the three types of -of out-of-body experience, which we covered the spontaneous one where it happens, you know. Meditation. Um, Yeah, it can happen without you consciously trying to do it, but it's just happened to Mm. you. Um, The second type is the self-initiated, which is you've sought out this experience and you've done it. And that is what most people refer to as an astral projection experience. It's the act of consciously trying to separate some aspect of yourself, a facet of your grander self in what we call the astral or ethereal body. Um, Yeah, through conscious intent. And so this is more like what I was doing, which Mm -hmm. was like, I'm setting, I want to be doing this. So tonight I'm going to astral project. And then I do. And so it's a conscious will. And, you know, Buddhist monks and meditators can get very good at this, this process and can just close their eyes for like 30 seconds and, or like, you know, a second and separate from their physical body. And that's the willful self-initiated act of astral projection or out-of-body experience. And the third type is a forced OBE. Yes, that could be like what we spoke about before with near-death experiences. Yeah, exactly. So this will be... You nearly die, you have an accident, and suddenly you're out of your body, you can see your body in the hospital, and you have this awareness. Like That's what... Um, a lot of people have the forced astral projection. I think when they they have a near death experience, or they or they do die for a certain period of time and come back. Yeah, and there's quite a high percentage. I can't remember people who, who, uh, you know, even going into surgery under like a certain amount of anesthetics, or who have yeah who have like come near to death who report this seeing their body from another perspective and being able to move around and like observe their hospital room or the place like let's say they got into a car accident Mm -hmm. and see themselves in the scene before them from this separated sense of consciousness Mm. and also you know this can happen in intense moments of trauma emotional trauma as well and so there's even a theory that people who have experienced emotional trauma have um or any sort of trauma actually understand how to do it easy do it easier because there's a form of i know how to disassociate disassociate and separate from my physical body Mm -hmm. and so it kind of comes easier sometimes for people with trauma yeah Um, i've heard about like children who were like you know, sexually abused and stuff, like, that's often how they would, a lot of them would cope with it, is they'd just go out of their body. So they're yeah. not even having to deal with experiencing it because they're able to escape out of their bodies. Yeah, because what happens when you... Which is, like, thank God. Like, they could find a way to cope. Yeah, yeah. And what happens when you... So your physical body comes along with certain karmas, with certain emotions, feelings, and sensations that can be very 
intense. And when you're in your astral body, none of those feelings are there because it's like you're a separate version of yourself. And in India, they have, you know, in some different cultures, they have ideas that we have five different bodies, actually. And, you know, energetic bodies, emotional body, physical body. Um, so things like that. And so this is just one of the bodies. And one experience that I've commonly felt is that I don't have the inhibitions. I don't have the, you know, sort of sadness or weight that I carry around in my physical life. It's like I'm a free, like it's a very freeing feeling. And so it, you can see how, you know, if people figure this out, it could be used as a sort of escape or something. And, you know, common medical diagnosis around this phenomenon, because people have tried studying it, and it's a hard thing to study you know, because it's not a physical phenomenon, it's a ether phenomenon, and science hasn't pried into that yet, but science is calling it like some sort of dissociative disorder where the person believes that they're, you know, flying around, but really they're just creating some sort of dissociative dreamscape, mm -hmm. you know? So we have read things about that. But the thing is, what leads me to disagree with the common medical consensus is the fact that astral projection and out-of-body experiences have been talked about in history for thousands and thousands of years. The ancient Egyptians were talking about it. The... Native Americans, shamans. I've attended like a workshop by this Native American lady who said that they teach their children how to have out-of-body experiences when they reach a certain age. It's like a coming-of-age initiation and something that you learn to practice as your everyday life, just as an aspect of being human. And the fact that it's appeared in so many cultures throughout time and is not actually a new phenomenon actually makes me discredit the medical consensus, which sure it can occur to people who have experienced traumas and makes it easier. But I don't think that discredits it as a phenomenon that exists beyond the body because, you know, science is still yet to catch up with the fact that there are multiple levels and layers to reality that there are things that our instruments, our scientific instruments, haven't even began to scratch the surface of. So, yeah. Yeah, like, even if you think... Um, a, a few people that I've known who have tried that drug DMT... Is it DMT? Yeah. The spirit molecule? Yeah, so they've tried that, and they've, like... like <laughs> my one friend, he was, like, floating up at the top of the ceiling looking down at his body, which, um, you know, he, he left his body. And this is the same drug that... So basically astral projecting, right? Because yeah. he's looking down at his yeah. body. What Like yeah. when you force yourself to astral project, you actually pull yourself out of your body. You look down, you see your body. I haven't had that experience. I've just had the suddenly waking up in a new world. One. Yeah, and even even for me when I was consciously trying to astral project, there would be times where, um, so, so we'll go into the transition phase between, um, you know, being in your physical body and separating from your physical body a bit later. But after that transitional phase, I found myself not like just 
It's like actually the second I separate, I'm somewhere else. Mm. But I've been actively trying to separate from my physical body, but then I'm not just floating. In the room, I'm not in the room. The I'm room. Some, in some other dimension, in some other world. Yeah. So that does happen, you know, where you're not just commonly, you know, the common kind of rhetoric around it where you're looking down upon your body. Yeah. So, like, it, this is the same drug that is released in our brains when we're born our brain releases dmt and when we die our brain releases dmt then people who go on dmt they have this experience this out of body experience so i agree with you like there is obviously a major part of our existence if it's something um we experience when we're born and when we die so it makes sense right because you're coming from yeah. that realm the yeah. non-physical like just where you only have a soul body uh, astral body whatever you want to call it but both at the beginning of life and at the end of life right so it to me makes me believe it even more because like we've managed to figure out how to create this drug and recreate that experience while we're living and we have the same effect. We come out the body yep. into the astral. Yeah. And monks, shamans, mystics of every society refer to the astral projection experience as kind of a masterful practice of it's like a, a bigger realization of the self. It's an understanding of the mind that is very different than what we know now, where we see the mind as a localized phenomenon within the brain, whereas these um, mystics see the mind as the entire universe, and that we have a self that can separate from the physical body and traverse the universal mind at will. And the astral ethereal body that we'll get into a bit later as well there's a lot of things to cover here um you you're not limited to this form that looks like yourself you know you're not limited to a form actually within the astral dimensions you're much more free the boundaries of what you are can be expanded a lot more so that you know you can be a formless observer or thought sphere kind of going through the realms of existence so um yeah so this it's we're trying to kind of reconceptualize the mind and understand it in a way that actually we have a grander sense of self that is the entire universe and our astral body is like a point of awareness that can float through our grand universal mind um and so coming back a little bit, um, when you were talking about lucid dreaming and astral projection and the difference between them. So there is a line between astral projection and lucid dreaming. And at first it can be um, a little challenging to, it's, it's, it's something that's very hard to describe in words, but it's a feeling um, it's a very different feeling when you when you have a lucid dream first of all a lucid dream is when you become aware that you're dreaming so you understand you are dreaming while you're in a dream 
and thus you can have certain control or power within your dream. Like the second you become aware of your dreaming, most people like to fly. You know, they like to have that feeling. Um, I've had lucid dreams where I've been able to, you know, create entire cities, change the landscapes, make civilizations and everything just with a single thought and swipe of my hand. So it's like the power of dreaming is extremely potent, um, but it is, it is different. Within the world of dreams, everything is kind of contained within its own frequency of the dream world. And a lot of what you're creating is a co-created habitation of dreams. It's, it's a dream world. So everything that you're creating is a projection of yourself. Um, in, in certain regards, because there are certain um, you know, Native American people who can communicate through dreams. So we actually are connected through our dreams, but it's a, it's a very similar to this reality in the fact that we're co-creating a uh, conscious you know, grid of, you know, mind. Uh, whereas in the dream, we can just manifest things instantly, but we can still have communication with other souls or other dreamers. Yeah, like you explained it to me, it's the lucid dream is in the mind rather than the astral body. Yeah, in a, it's, it's like, it's like separation between certain frequencies of reality. Like the physical reality is a very specific range of frequency um the dreaming reality is a deeper range of frequency and the astral projection the astral world is something different entirely so when you're in a lucid dream and you're aware that you're dreaming you can actually use the lucid dream as a springboard to boost you into an astral experience so if you do find yourself in a lucid dream, you can actually will yourself into an astral experience from the lucid dream. But the astral world is a world of ether. It, kind, it encompasses everything in, the, in its entirety. So technically, in your astral form, you could travel into people's dreams because the astral dimension exists within dreams. But you can also observe things happening in the physical world. So if I'm astral projecting in one room and you're in another room, let's say you're writing in a diary, I could actually see what you're writing in real time and relate that back to you. It's, it's a hard practice to concentrate and to remember things in the astral experience though, mm. but masters are able to do that and they can observe the physical world happening um, in, a, in a very real sense. Well, at the same time, you can travel to different dimensions, different realms of possibility. You can see colors, frequencies, shapes, angles that you could never even comprehend in the physical body. So the astral world really is this great etheric space that kind of runs through everything. Yeah, so cool. Yeah, and yeah, the astral world is, hold on, I'm having a brain.
Freak. Yeah, just if you can hear like little whining and grunts and stuff, it's because <laughs> the little doggy yeah. is sleeping and <laughs> yeah, she's a bit of a snorer. So just warning you. But yeah, so that's sort of covering as- lucid dreams, the difference between lucid dreams and astral projection. Um, and we've sort of covered the three ways that you can, you know, um, perform or enter uh, the astral realm uh, spontaneously, um, purposely and forced. So there's like the three ways. So... Yeah. Anything else like you feel like we need to cover, like possibly the benefits and Yeah, so I mean, why firstly would you want to astral project, you know? I know my father he had a experience like why would like why would you want to do anything that's outside of the physical? Like we're here now. Yeah. You know? That's And that is a danger like with it. I think it's the same with hallucinogenics you know like it can be so fun to escape into that realm all the time that you could end up getting uh, addicted to like feeling like so unsatisfied in the physical realm so that you need to take stuff like hallucinogenics so that you can escape and have these cool experiences right and i think you can end up using lucid dreaming in a similar way though it's obviously healthier um but i think like your dad has a point and i think that we have to just be mindful that it's so um amazing to have these experiences and what can we learn and and gather from them and how can they help us expand on our lives in the physical but not to um put that above living in this physical realm because obviously everything's so dense here so when you're in this astral realm everything can manifest instantly right it's so um gratifying and you know it's amazing really you can go and be wherever you want in a split second the moment you think it and then you come in this physical realm and you know it takes days weeks months to manifest things and you know you have to get on with these what might seem mundane daily tasks or like you're faced back with the work that you need to do on yourself or you know in I can see why, like, it, you could easily get pulled in. It's like with any kind of escapism, you know, watching films, Netflix, video games. It's like we have to be mindful um, at why the reason we're doing it. Are we doing it because we want to escape this physical reality or are we doing it because we want that to nourish um, our souls and to nour- nourish our experience here for us to be able to have a higher perspective when we are back in our physical right Mm. so it's like how can we use this just as we use anything in in our lives like i think also you can just like you want to watch tv sometimes like you want to astral project sometimes if if it's easy for you if it's something you enjoy like it's fine to do that but it's just knowing um 
there's like a fine line between escapism and doing you know like doing it healthily yeah with anything right so i see like your your dad's point there because we did come here to have physical lives um and that's the other thing is like i think that can actually help you a lot with your physical life because it puts it takes the strain off like i think when i had those experiences it really like like was a big like aha moment for me of like wow like there's so much more going on than what i can see and what i'm experiencing physically you know like there's other stuff going on and and that's something i do want to touch on later is how there's still like positive and negative spaces within the astral realm and Mm -hmm. yeah so one common like benefit that people experience when they astral project is a form of spiritual awakening because when this happens you are you you can understand the concept that you're not only physical mm-hmm. you can understand that in a conceptual knowledge-based understanding but when it actually happens to you it evokes a personal change that is so profound it will completely reorient how you look at the world mm. and you will see the world in a completely different way and understand really that this physical world is just a thin membrane, a thin crust over a giant ocean of experience. And when you see and you look down on your body, your physical body for the first time, it's a realization of the self that you are not just your physical body. You are more than that. And... Not only that, but you can explore reality beyond matter. You can explore the mind of the universe beyond the physical material plane. So it's a huge awakening tool and teaching tool. Um, You can receive incredible life insights and realizations and use the astral experience to tap into a huge universal awareness and understanding of things that are so much bigger than the physical world and are, you know, are certain day-to-day problems or issues. It can put things into perspective in a certain way. Um, You can connect with masters, with beings, with, you know, yeah, beings of all sorts. You can visit people and places beyond time and space. You can travel into the past, into the future. You can go to different planets. You can speak with people who are gone. And one thing that I really found that astral projection really helped me with was transforming my fears, my instinct, instinct, reactive fears. um, Because I was put, like, firstly, the transition from the physical body to the astral body can be quite scary for a lot of people. It's, it can feel like you're dying. Mm-hmm. So, um, and then once you're in the astral dimension, you can also come up face to face with your own fears, but you can work with it in a very conscious way. Like they're right in front of you. 
So it's a great thing to overcome fears, transform your self-limiting beliefs and have greater understanding of the world. And I think the single most, you know, potent reason and benefit for entering the astral dimension is releasing the fear of dying and understanding that when you get to that point where you see that there is so much more than the physical body that you exist beyond it your fear of death goes and actually practicing astral projection is practicing dying and practicing releasing your fear of death and cultivating a form of compassion for yourself and compassion and understanding with death and the process that happens there um so i think moving forward from that we can talk a little bit about the transition phase what is it like to leave your physical body and so when we talk about this there's a com- common experience that happens um when we astral project so the first one that most people will experience that is actually the thing people train themselves towards and but is something people are very scared of is called sleep paralysis and this is when your mind is awake and your body is asleep so your body is frozen because it's sleeping and so you can't move your limbs or yeah i've never have, had that yeah um, but do you think it's it's not a necessary part of astral projection no you don't have to experience it for me that was the way that worked the most mm. it was when i started practicing astral projection i learned the method of putting my body to sleep while keeping my mind awake and that's it's a careful balance of letting your body fall asleep but hovering your mind within that hypnagogic state between sleeping and awake and you there's this moment where all of a sudden you realize whoa my body's asleep and you can move your eyes and you can look around but you can't move your physical body and at first that's really terrifying and for my first couple tries at astral projection I was actually too scared to actually leave my body and what would hap what happened was my fear manifested entities cuz I'm in this realm that's in between and now I'm projecting frequencies of fear and terror and that attracts certain energies now I can't say if I was manifesting these out of my own projection of fear or if there were actually entities that were drawn towards my fear. I'm not sure what that line is, but I had an experience where there was a goat-headed being kneeling on my chest and looking down at me and there were shadow beings crawling around the room. I feel like it's real because um I think I know at least I've heard in person at least two to three other people have that same experience of the devil type, you know, hooved man. Yeah. Um sitting on their chest. Yeah, my aunt um, even experienced uh, yeah, that. Yeah. So, and I've literally had two friends who've experienced that. I've heard it a couple times on YouTube videos. 
and often like um people will if you are able to remember to do it will ask for the help of the angels and they're calling the angels and and that's when they're able to overcome the fear because they can see like by pulling that energy in that gets rid of them and it's empowering but um yeah like I definitely would lean more can't say you can never say a hundred percent with any of this stuff but I definitely lean more to that being a real entity and a real experience because that's happening to a lot of people and that I think they're attracted to the vibration of fear it's like when I was in my astral projection um I think it was the second one that I had and it was the spontaneous and then that alien like the tall white grey alien that was in a red cape and wasn't a good energy and was definitely terrifying and grabbed at me and yeah like it was negative energy and I think um he was drawn to me because they these sort of entities they can control you in that fear state yeah and you're now in your astral body where they can actually interact with you you know yeah so like even if it's not in sleep paralysis if you're holding fear like i i hold a lot of fear still i found i had that experience which was really fearful um but i do think these beings are real i think they're real lower um vibrational beings who are feeding off of our fear and i think you will probably more likely draw the ones um certain ones for certain reasons i wouldn't know like why some people pull in the devil yeah because i don't know why because like i wasn't raised christian or had any fear around the devil but and it wasn't until months later that I actually realized that this was an experience that people were having. Yeah. So there's some sort of collective experience that people have when they go into sleep paralysis. And I hadn't read about it, researched it, or done, you know, known anything about it. Mm-hmm. And then I look it up later. I, I don't even look it up. It just comes into my field somehow through some article or YouTube video. And it's like, one of the most common experiences that people have when they enter sleep paralysis is that there's some sort of goat-headed, you know, hoofed being kneeling on their chest. Yeah. So we'll leave that up into the air for interpretation of like what that means. But what I quickly came to realize as I was watching these videos about just astral projection is that people could do it, right? So people were doing it and it was my own fear that was limiting me. So on the third attempt when I entered sleep paralysis I kept trying because I wasn't going to let that fear stop me mm-hmm. you know I know some people who are like never again I never want to enter sleep paralysis again it was too scary mm-hmm. but for me it was like okay there was fear there I can but people are astral projecting so I can do it too you know and so the third time I went in and I had no fear and no beings came So this is one of the key rules when you enter the astral dimension is that what you're feeling, what frequency you're at is what you attract. 
what you will be in, even the realms that you will wander through are all based on your vibration and your frequency. So um, that's very key. Within the physical dimension, there's many, many frequencies existing in one pot. There's people who are sage-like and who will only do good for the world. And then there are murderers and, you know, people who are only going to like want to kill and things. So those all exist in one place. But within the astral dimension, everything is separated through frequency. So that's just something to hold on to and remember. And so when I entered the third time into sleep paralysis and I felt no fear, that was the first time I was able to actually lift out of my body. And the first thing that happened was I tried to lift my arms and instead of lifting my physical arms, I moved arms, but they were translucent so I could see right through them. They're actually invisible except for the outline. The outline was this moonlight silver outline of my hands and my body. And I think that's the psychic imprint we have on who we think we are. And it wasn't till later in my astral projection experiences that I realized, actually, I don't need to hold this form. This is just something I'm holding on to as a comfort, is this relation to humanity. Yeah. Yeah. And so that. And when you start to transition from taking your body out, sometimes it can be very seamless, you know, like you just lift right on out of your body, like, you know, super slippery and super easy, you know, no, no resistance whatsoever. But the majority of the time when I transition, there's this state that's been recorded and it's called the vibrational state. And it's where you start feeling like your body's vibrating. And sometimes it can get so intense, it actually feels like there's an earthquake going on. And there's been times where I've woken up out of this so scared because I literally think there's an earthquake happening. And then I realize like, whoa, nothing was happening. And this buzzing can start to occur. And it's this, it's your frequency shifting and it's this transition and the more resistance you have, the more intense the the thing can be. And it can be unconscious resistance because like I was wanting to go out into my astral body. But a lot of the times I would have this intense vibrational state transition where everything in my vi- body was vibrating so crazy. And it wasn't just like vibrating. It was like throwing like like from one side of the room to the other. Like my energy body was like spiking this way and that way and, you know, all over the place. And there was this buzzing in my ears that was so loud that it was almost deafening, like, bzzz, like so, so, so loud. And the, there, <laughs> it's so easy to get scared there and to come back right into your physical body. Mm. It's really easy to get scared and a lot of people don't really move past that. But what you learn is you have to allow it to be. You have to let go and allow it to be. And then all of a sudden you're, you're at first you're trying to resist being flung across the room in this weird vibrational feeling, but then you allow it to happen. And then you're like flying around the room, you're upside down, you're twisted around, you're 
all over the place. You're on one side, then the other side. And it actually starts to feel exhilarating. You're like, and you've let go into this experience. And then what often happens then is once the second you can fully let go, then you have this huge rush of feelings, like like this incredible feeling, almost like you're skydiving, you know, just like this rush of endorphins, of adrenaline, of I don't know what it is. It's like this feeling of complete freedom. And then woof, you're separated and you've, you've become free of your body. And so this is just a common experience that I wanted to um, relay because a lot of people, I've had roommate who was very scared of this vibrational state and she didn't understand that it was actually just a transitional feeling. And so... Yeah, that's the transition sometimes. Sometimes it can be super easy. You just lift out your body nice and clean. And other times it can be quite an intense separation um, because you really have to understand it's like you're tuning your frequency into another channel. You know, it's like when you have radio frequency, right? And you're switching from one radio channel to the next. Sometimes you get... You know, you can get that radio stator, which it can be like really loud and sometimes it can spike in certain areas. That's really what it feels like. Imagine your whole body feels like radio chatter, you know, radio static. So you're really, you're re-adjusting your consciousness to a different frequency. And sometimes that jump from one frequency to the next can be a little jarring. Yeah. Another um, experience a lot of people might feel is like, you know, when you're like watching something at night or something, or you're like, you're full sort of getting sleepy, falling asleep, but you're still like trying to stay awake. Um, Or even if you're just trying to go to sleep and you're lying in bed, have you ever had that like jolt and you know I do it all the time, right? You know, I do it probably about three times a night before bed. (laughs) Yeah. But I was reading um, about that and... They're called hypnagogic jerks. Yeah, apparently, but apparently it is because you've left the body and you've slammed back into it, basically. Yeah. So, like, I think if you do that a lot, like I do, I'm starting to... Just thinking out loud is like, yeah, like, I could probably do something with that. Like, I'm obviously leaving my body like regularly at night and slamming back into it so if i could just bring my consciousness with yeah with my astral body yeah then i could literally astral project quite easily because i'm doing that all the time yeah but the difference is is that my consciousness is not with it that's why i'm slamming back in to my body like that so if you're yeah i bet a lot of people have that experience like literally every single human pretty much has these hypnagogic jerks yeah it's it's the it's the transition between um you can even have it in rem sleep or you you know you have but it's basically the transition between waking into sleeping yeah and it's when you're unconscious you all of a sudden are jerking up into into wakefulness and you're like you don't know where you were before because your consciousness switched off at some mm-hmm. point. Like, 
you it's a lot of the time your beliefs or your desires maybe to go into a deep sleep or something can actually limit you from doing that but what the practice is to get into the kind of the hypnagogic state is to gently lower your consciousness into sleep without falling into sleep mm -hmm. and so when you're hovering in that space then you're actually going to be rising with your astral body and feeling those waves and feeling those hypnagogic jerks as they come and you'll be present with it the whole time so that you know and you so that you're not unconscious and then you have this lifting up experience and then your body twitches and then you wake up again yeah. you know it's hard to i imagine for most of us um like for me is i often get like stuck in thought trails you know so i'm just like my mind is just going going over maybe things that happened that day things i'm worried about the next day um and i imagine that's not helpful if you're trying to astral project yeah so those are the that's what happens to most of us when we are unconsciously falling asleep yeah because that's just our mind replays and recycles thoughts and what's going to happen is that you're probably going to be experiencing those thoughts unconsciously in your dreams and you're going to be playing out those thoughts and feelings in your dreams as and it's your body's unconscious way of processing those things yeah. and um so the practice is being aware that you're having those thoughts and it's consciously going to sleep you know not unconsciously falling asleep and it's being aware that you have your thoughts but like clearing your head and having the willful intention that you want to be aware and present of your hypnagogic transition you want to enter this state you want to enter your astral body you want to enter the liminal place between sleeping and dreaming you want to go there because that's the phase where your body begins to sleep but if you can keep your mind awake during that then that is the perfect place for you to leave your body mm -hmm. and so yeah we they're so kind of going back to you know navigating the astral world once you're there everything's separated by frequency and so there will be times when you're in the astral dimension where certain negative entities have like if you're traveling through a wormhole okay i have to kind of slow down a bit so within the astral dimension you can travel through time and space at the speed of at which you set you can jump through stargates you can go hop from one planet to another and sometimes when you're transitioning from one dimension of reality to another you end up going through a wormhole experience where it's like a tunnel of twisting light and energy that's sucking you through and it's like you're being pulled you're like boom it almost you're... feels like wh why would you need to do that in the astral realm if you can just think it and be there i don't second? understand it completely because yeah. you can do that because that's where it would be weird to me like well i thought you could just be there in, a, in the, the second you think it so yeah why you can want to be why would you travel through i don't know if it's something that's trying to teach you like yeah. trying to show you certain aspects of how time and space fold upon one another how this works or like i'm not sure what it is yeah, exactly yeah it's just interesting yeah 
Because, like, yeah, you're right. Sometimes I literally just think myself and I'm somewhere else. Yeah. And other times it's like I'm traveling through a very real fabric of space where it's like there's gateways to different worlds and I'm flying through the different gateways. And so it's, it's, it is very interesting and I can't explain it all because I'm not an uh, enlightened master. I've only had, you know, I've had a lot of experiences, like hundreds, but that is nowhere near enough to understand the grand workings of the universe and the cosmos. Like, I haven't even scratched the surface, you know? Yeah. Um, but that being said, within the frequencies, maybe sometimes when I was traveling through wormholes, there's little pockets in the wormholes, like little branches. And sometimes things from lower density, like kind of negative hell kind of astral realms can poke through the wormhole and they'll try and jump scare you. Yeah. And it's a really big practice in being able to not be phased by anything, to not be able to be jump scared because if they catch you with fear, then all of a sudden they've, yeah. they've you've you've the second you feel fear, then you've shifted into a different realm straight away. Yeah. And you've gone into a realm of fear. And that's this is what we're talking what I was talking about earlier where everything in the astral dimension is separated by frequency. So the highest frequencies will be the purest realms where you'll see rainbow phoenixes flying through crystalline forests and angelic beings and you know super cosmic architects on the highest frequencies you know people who are coming at a frequency of love fun playfulness creativity learning you know things like that and then the lower entities will be hate terror power greed you know and they're all separate in that so the astral dimension, the astral world is not just a good world. It has every possible frequency of experience and it's just about how you tune in and what frequency you tune into when you travel the astral dimension. And one of the practices that I learned there is if you do get called into fear, how can you get yourself out of that? How can you raise your frequency even when you hit fear and it's a very hard thing to do i think a lot of people wake up yeah a lot of... back into their bodies that's for me as soon as i both experiences i had when i got to fear i slammed back into my body and woke up yeah that's happened to me too but there's been times because where I, i've been stuck but i have actually been like wake up you know like i asking yeah but it's not like an easy wake up right it's like you're like oh like trying to pull yourself yeah, out of like it a, takes a while yeah. for it you're like screaming it screaming it screaming it screaming yeah. it and yeah yeah or so, like the other time it was more it was more like a shock i was so shocked that it woke me up mm. you know where i thought i was on in this land completely alone you know mm. and then and I was just like, okay, I've got this now. It's just me in this like beautiful teddy tubby world, you know. Yeah. And then, okay, that's cool. 
like I'm down with this and then suddenly I open the door and there's a man there it scared the hell out of me because I just got into this zone of I'm completely alone in this realm you know and then that shocked me out of um so I think yeah like I do think fear is going to be the issue for most of us. Yeah, but that's where you can work with it. That, that's where I found my most transformative experiences. Like we said in the beginning, where you transform your fear react patterns so that you're not instantly triggered into a fear based um, thing. So you can stare at a demon right in the face. And know that they can't touch you because of the frequency you're holding. You have to be so... But why would you be seeing that demon if you was holding that frequency? Because if you're holding a high frequency, you can still go and visit, like, hell realms. Okay. You can you Like, the Buddha was said to walk through the realms of hell as kind of the, one of the final initiations before his enlightenment. And you have to understand that, like, they can only feed on you if you allow them to. And allowing them to is by allowing them to take power from you, which is allowing them to scare you. So you have to be so secure with what you are, with the frequency you're holding, that nothing can phase you. Yeah. And sometimes I, when I've astral projected, it's like there's a great, there's like something, it's, something is teaching me something. You know, sometimes I've pulled out of my body and it's like I'm being shown things. I'm not actively choosing what to do. It's like some big teacher is taking me on this astral school experience, like showing me things about the universe. And I feel like that there is a big, like there is something sometimes that you're unconsciously learning things. And that beings are trying to teach you within this world. Or it's really just you teaching you. Yeah. And they're coming across as a being, but really yeah. that being is just you. Yeah. Because why has that being really got an interest in teaching you? It's you coming through as that being. Yeah. Possibly. Possibly. That's just like an idea. Yeah. But the other thing I thought was worth mentioning is like a lot, what I find so interesting about yours is how your astral projection, it's like you could kind of direct where you're going. But like I've read a lot of people's astral projection experiences and watched a lot of videos on it. And very rarely that seems to be the case for other people. Other people, they are taken places they like the experience happens to them and I guess it's similar to when I've heard people who've done ayahuasca or um, gone on these trippy having trips through hallucinogenics you know it's similar kind of experience where it's like wow like this is what happened to me suddenly like I was here and this was happening so, like, you're actually the first person I've ever heard who's like, yeah, you can just go here and go there. And it sounds so much more appealing um, when I've heard m- everyone else who I've heard talk about astral projection has, it's been more like that, you know, like when you take ayahuasca or something mm. and it's like, 
mother ayahuasca will show you and give you this experience like some people would be like oh suddenly i'm like in some weird crazy scientist laboratory and i'm being operated on and i'm like in hell or like you know like really weird stuff but then they've come out gone through it all and actually um you know transcended their fear and then like had ended up having a huge like epiphany and awakening from whatever experience the astral projection or the or the ayahuasca or whatever it is has given them so i I find it so fascinating that um you have been able to sort of more direct your astral projections which sounds a lot lucid dreamy you know how I've heard that from lucid dreams, how people direct their lucid dreams, you know? Yeah. I've never... I don't think I ever lucid dreamed. Like, I know I'm dreaming, but I never control them. It's like, yeah. I know this is a dream, but I just keep going with it. Yeah. So there's degrees of lucidity where it's like, you're slightly aware that you're dreaming, but you're still letting the dream, you know? Yeah, so how can dream. we have more of an experience like you? Because I think that's more appealing, right? Than... Um, what I've heard before and what I've had where it's like you just wake up the experience is happening to you you're out of your body and you just sort of you know you're having that teaching or whatever but it would be more fun to do it your way oh yeah I mean lots of like shamans and yogis they're not going to be pulled anywhere yeah it's really about your energy when you're entering the astral dimension is like and your intention like and the more you practice go through certain amount of those lessons anyway like that our soul is trying to teach us um something by putting us in those situations yeah definitely so that you sort of have to go through that and work with that before you're able to have the freedom of in the astral body well i don't know because i had i never had it in such a linear way it was like the first time i floated out of my body and flew right out of my room and had complete control yeah could go and i could go and visit i went and visited the i flew around vancouver at night could see the sparkling city and then i'm like why am i staying here yeah. And I just turned around and shot through to space and was instantly at Jupiter. Oh, you know, wow. just like like a comet going at the speed of like 10 million times the speed of light and was instantly at Jupiter. But it was like I was still moving because I don't think I had conceptualized was the that fact after that... after you got through the fear stuff? Yeah, so it was the first, like, you know, the first two was the sleep paralysis. And then yeah. my third experience was where... I did that, you know, where I went to the planets and I just stayed within my solar system. But I was consciously going and visiting the planets and it was a very short experience. And then the next thing I knew, I was being sucked back to my body and I woke up and I just yeah. had this feeling of exhilaration, like, oh, my God. Like, yeah. and, and there were and so there were times where it was very much I have complete control over where I want to go, what I want to learn, what I want to look at. Yeah, that's um, the kind of experience I want to have with it. Yeah, well, it's... I think you have to release, you know... There is a form of release where it's like... There were days, you know, I was lying on my yoga mat after yoga and I just felt this, like, hand come into my body, this giant hand, and pull me right out. 
And then it threw me and I was like, like breaking through realms and dimensions. And then I was in this giant maze and there was this huge voice speaking to me like God that was like telling me these things about the universe. And then it like fractured my body into millions of pixels of light, like where I was no longer a form. And then I was come, came back. So it was like showing me like all these crazy things. And like, it showed me like, this, these are the folds of time and like these crazy, these are the cosmic pillars of the universe. Like it was showing me all these things. So when I woke up, I was like in reverence, I was like, Oh my God. Like, I don't know if I could have ever experienced that on my own, you know, just going around to different planets. What what do you think that was a, a part of your highest self giving you knowledge you felt like you needed? Yeah. I mean, I feel like we're all like it could have been God. I feel like it seems very aggressive. It it felt like a suit. It was a woman's voice also. It was like, but it didn't feel like God, but it felt like this omniscient being that was like a teacher for me. And even though she was like intense, I wasn't scared throughout the whole experience. You know, I wasn't scared because she wasn't showing me anything horrible. She was showing me how the universe worked. And it was like this, there's this like primal energy that was just like, you know, that just was, you know, it was like the energy that creates stars and destroys them at the same time. It's this understanding of the balance of the universe that, you know, it was that big of a feeling. And, um, so yeah, so I I had it like sparse in between where like, yep, okay, this is a, I'm complete control. I can have a leisurely time. I'm flying around astral dimensions and other times where it feels like I was being guided, but it wasn't in a linear sense. It was, you know, sometimes it was many free sessions and then I was being guided for a bunch of sessions. So yeah, it's, it was never linear like that. Um, but I think the more you practice, the more um, you begin to have you know, you can direct your energy the way you want to. And um, there's things that will support astral projection. So if you feel like you're having trouble astral projecting, there's things in your physical world that you can do. So vegan diets, vegetarian diets, you know, not eating meat, meat is a very dense object. And um, I mean, I have had astral projections while doing it, but this is also just something to make you feel lighter. It's more of a theoric thing. So if you have a good diet, healthy diet, you can, you know, if you're doing lots of juices or fasting, that's easier um, to go into an astral projection experience. Um, Also, if you aren't drinking a lot of caffeine, caffeine can inhibit the astral projection experience and yoga and meditation are very helpful because when you're in these astral dimensions you want focus you want clarity so meditation is very good at that you want to not react instantly you want to have a calm presence and a calm mind and be able to know who you are and hold that focus of who you are so um, if you have a lot of tension in your body it can also cause issues So that's why yoga is helpful because it helps you to relax your body, release your muscles. And that practice of release 
is very helpful when you come to astral project. And uh, that's why so many yogis have astral projection experiences. Like I didn't, when I started practicing yoga for two hours every morning, I was having more astral projection experiences than I ever had in my entire two years of studying it before. I was having it almost every day in the morning. When you was doing yoga? Yeah, when I was practicing yoga for two hours in the morning. Yeah. Um, and two hours of yoga. Wow. Yeah. Well, it was actually... <laughs> Dedication, guys. <laughs> it was actually one, it was like one hour of yoga and 45 minutes of doweling where you get a, wo- a wooden doweling rod. It's like a, I don't know, like a, how long is this? Like three feet? Um, and you, I was massaging all my muscles and getting into the deep tissue of my muscles. So, and then meditation, um, and chanting. So, I mean, but it's all, that's all yoga. It's all part of it. And also just practicing relaxing. That's really key. So it's not relaxing in front of the TV, but if you have a spare moment in the day to just go and lie down and practice your not falling asleep, but hovering in that place between sleep and wakefulness. And you'll see that so much relaxation comes from that. And the the process of releasing the physical body is a practice of release, of letting go and letting go into the unknown. Um, so also facing your fears, doing things and having a solid intention. You know, you're not doing this to escape, but you're doing this to learn you're doing this to grow as a soul and understand more of the universe. Um, and, you know, when you do, it really alleviates a lot of suffering because you have a new understanding of things, a new perspective. And uh, so, yeah, those are the kind of tips and things that you can do to support astral projection. Breathwork is also really good because breathwork clears your mind. You know, if you mm. breathe before you try and do this, it can be very helpful because you're not going to be running through your thoughts. Um, you're going to have a clear mind and clear intention when you go into it. And yeah, so I think we've really covered a lot of things here. And I yeah. think we're coming towards the end. Did you want anything else to say anything else? or No, like it's such an interesting um, subject. So I really, really enjoyed this discussion. And I'm sure everyone else listening, if you've got this far, you have too. Um, I think it's just definitely a subject we'll be diving into again um, and expanding on it in other ways. Maybe going more down the lucid dream um, road or... Um, hallucinogenics, which I think give a very similar experience, you know. So, yeah, it's such a fascinating topic and definitely one I want to continue to visit, like basically just the astral world and being in the astral body. So, yeah, we'll pull some cards now, yeah? Uh, Yeah. The tarot card segment, but was there anything else you wanted to say? I I think it's worth saying that the guy who saw the first guy who sort of spoke about it was that Edward Monroe, right? Um. Yeah, Monroe Institute. And yeah. Now they're studying astral projection. Um. And they're teaching people to. He's been talking about it for decades, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. But... So if you if you want, you can find books on them. I mean, they're going to charge you for courses if you mm-hmm. want to do that. But it's like you can learn anything you need to 
with um, YouTube. Yeah. It's literally just practice. So you just need to learn the tools and have the tips and tricks and just believe, you know, believe that you can do this and just keep practicing. And it'll, you know, it takes a while. You just have to understand that it's like learning how to play an instrument or learning anything. You know, it takes a little bit. It might be a bit harder because you might not believe it's possible. So you have to get past that barrier. The fear. <laughs> get past the fear. Get past the fear. I think fear. that's most of our problems. <laughs> Mine anyway. Yeah, but just know that it's... But even though like I had not the most interesting or best um, astral projection experiences, they were still so amazing, you know? And it was so like insane, you know, just how real this felt because you really like um for me anyway it just felt so real the yeah the one thing that sort of made me realize it weren't the same as a dream or anything else was because of that third person perspective you know seeing myself from behind like that was the what the way I could realize that this isn't a dream this is like something else yeah. But um and it sometimes it and it can. feels so real like your body yeah. feels so real or, well um, it is yeah unless you're in non body form like you said you've traveled a lot just as uh, energy form yeah. without a body and also experiences where you're like you're no longer a single point in awareness you know you're you're yeah. many you're, you're many. everything yeah yeah so so, so we, much to explore and I definitely don't think this will be our last episode but obviously you know, we don't. We could be talking for three hours about it. So I think yeah. it's something worth, like in a few in the future, definitely revisiting and expanding on. And if anyone has any questions, they can always hit us up on the Instagram with the same name as the podcast. But anyway, the cards that we got today was um the Ten of Pentacles and. The Hierophant, which is five. Um, so for me, like the message with this, whether the the Pentacles card, the Ten of Pentacles was on top of the Hierophant when it came out. And the message I got was sort of like, you really need to have all your, all your stuff together in your physical sense. Like, so it's, if you're, um, you know, if you're not, eating right if you're not looking after yourself if you've not got um if you're not looking after yourself spiritually or anything like that like you need to sort of have everything sorted in the physical sense to be able to have this astral projection experience i don't know because like there's dark magicians who can like astral experience you know who are like yeah who are, like, communicating with dark entities. No, not, that. like, in a positive sense, but I mean that you have to do the work of um, maybe, like... I think the lesson here is, like, what I learned from astral projection was that I was focusing too much on astral projection, and I was getting very airy in the real world, and I was kind of losing a grip on the physicality of things. And so a big lesson was that it's like, stop doing this and focus on the material plane first. Like you've come down here for a reason. 
you know, get your things in order here, make sure you have a stable foundation, you can support yourself, you have a home, you know, figure out those things first. But you hadn't figured out those things. I hadn't figured out those things. And you still astral project. Yeah, exactly. So that's why so I, think... I don't think it's that thing. I think it's more of like, you need to, like the 10 of, the 10 of pentacles represents like feeling satisfied and safe with where you are in life so if you can just at least feel satisfied and safe and not Mm. in fear you know not worrying about the bills and that's more what i'm getting at you know so like you can still be an evil can evil and you know manifest dark things but you still going to have this sense of security in the physical yeah you know where you're you had so I think it's like you was like a student who probably had student debts and stuff like so but you still had security in who you was and in the fact that you was doing your breath work your yoga your practices and and you weren't like worrying about stuff you was you was just secure in who you are so I think it's more like the ten of pentacles is saying that if you can get secure in who you are feel confident in that feel safe in in that in the physical do you have that and then with the hierophant of course this is about um ritual for me so it's so once you feel the security in life and within who you are then just to have a daily practice or a, a ritual so it's like to keep trying don't give up oh it didn't work this time it's just never gonna work you know, the Hierophant is sort of saying that you need to really commit to this. If you want, if, you know, like, yeah, you might accidentally have a spontaneous experience like I did, but if you want something like Trey's had hundreds of um, astral projections, if you want that, you really need to commit to it, you know? You need to commit to the ritual of doing these practices that will get you there, right? Yeah, and I think before I even... I started, I was trying for like months for lucid dreaming and I had lucid dreamt a, a bunch. And so I had that practice of kind of going into the liminal state. And so, yeah, but I was dedicated every night, literally every night. I, you know, I didn't watch TV or I didn't do anything. Yeah. I put my phone down an hour before sleep, didn't look at anything digital. And I really committed myself to learning how to do it. And, you know, dream journaling, bridging the gap between, you know, those things. And then when astral projection came around, it was like, um, I felt like, oh, I've done, I've put a lot of work into this already. And so it didn't take, it only took a couple of weeks to go from lucid dreaming to astral projecting. Um, but it was a dedication, like, I mean, but that's a, like a lot to, to most people. You know, that's a big commitment. You did a lot. Like, it might not seem that to you, but even now, that would be a big jump for you to go yeah. back into that routine because you're, yeah. you're, you're, you're looking at your phone before bed and yeah. you're back in... It's so natural for us all, us all to do that. Yeah, and know? so practicing, even if you can find 30 minutes it's in, having the, the, in commitment. the daytime as well. Yeah, so it is a commitment. It's like those people who pray five times a day. You know, like that's a commitment. Yeah. <laughs> and, and even just I playing think the hierophant is very much about that energy, right? You commit to the practices that need to be done. Yeah, and even playing an instrument is a commitment, you yeah. know. 
Learning. You, you have to carve the time out every day to learn how to do it. So, um, yeah, I mean, and it should feel exciting to want to do it. That's how I felt, you know. Yeah. I felt really excited about it. When I had my experiences, even though they weren't that crazy or positive, like, it was so exciting. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's like a whole new world. A new fantastic point of view. Exactly. <laughs> Our little Aladdin reference. <laughs> and boom, the dragon I pulled is freedom. It truly is an unshackling experience. Yeah, another 10, which yeah. is the one, which I just have to say that earlier when you was describing like um, that, like God experience or whatever being teacher and the way that it was behaving quite masculine you know even though it had a feminine voice and it was making me think of like my numerology studies um where they're saying like one is god the number one is god so 10 is one plus affinity so it's one um so it's the number one and one is god god one is where we start it starts as one one is everything and that's why it's seen as masculine because he has to penetrate things or create things you know um and then obviously two is then the feminine aspect comes in which could then hold creation into existence but it's so interesting because i do think that that we both pulled number 10 which is one mm-hmm. um and yeah, like I do think you're entering the realm of God, the yeah. realm of one. Yeah. Everything's made up of ones and zeros, right? Yeah, in the digital code. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, so it really is a freedom, and it's not just, it's like a freedom of the soul. It's like your whole life you felt, you don't know that you've been shackled by your physicality Mm -hmm. you've been shackled by your limited sense of belief of who Mm -hmm. you are you've been you know chained up and shackled into beliefs and things like that and the second you your dna probably as well yeah and the second you get into this this experience it's like all of that just shatters just all the chains that you felt have been like unconsciously just existing in your life it's just your whole worldview you know crumbles as well like you see that everything you thought you knew about what the world is is actually just a tiny speck of it and there's so much more and the freedom and exhilaration that comes from this and you know the positive effects it starts to bring into your physical life is really profound and so I encourage everyone to go at it with an open heart and remember always to stay tuned to the frequency of love and don't lose sight of who you are. Yeah, such a beautiful message, Trey. All right, so that is it. We are going to be wrapping up this episode. Anything else you want to say, Mrs. Halky? No, just that we've got a fun episode planned for either the next um, episode or the one after that or about levitation stone. Acoustic levitation? Yeah, that's how, it. And also, how the heck were the stone 
megaliths made? Yeah. Why were they made? What were they really used for? Yeah, so look out for that episode. We're not sure if we're going to try and sneak in a trip to a sacred site before we do that episode and like start feeling out the energies of the stones ourselves before the episode, which would be cool. But um, yeah, stay tuned. Definitely subscribe if you are excited to hear that episode. And if you have time, please do leave a five-star review on um, Apple. Is it Apple Podcasts? Really? Yeah. Anyway, guys, have a great day. Won't keep you any longer. Bye-bye. See ya.